Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 73 of the Hardly Millennial Podcast, where we are young and dumb and full of opinions, man. (gasps) We're full of opinions, guys. That's right. Full of opinions, as always, or I should say, as most of the time, we are your host. My name is Adam. I'm Matthew Lynn. It's great to be here. Welcome, guys. So uh, today, what to talk about today? Well, we were discussing this a little bit uh, outside earlier, and we think we haven't touched on, at least just to start with, we haven't spoken about space for a while, or at least you and I have not spoken about space for a while. I had a <laughs> not few on the podcast, little, at least. Yeah, I had, a, I had a few little conversations with, uh, I think, like Kyle and Vince when I was at my parents' house house-sitting, but uh, as far as you and I go... So one thing I wanted to bring up was a video that I had mentioned to you earlier that I watched. It was this half hour video of like what's going to happen in the future of our universe. Oh, yeah. You were telling me about that. Yeah. It starts from now and goes to like a fucking trillion years. Yeah. So that was the, the first thing that blew my mind with it. Right. Was because when I first clicked on this thing, I thought it was just like. Like, I don't know, I thought it was going to be very, like, science fiction. Like, at this point, we're going to create a sphere around the sun to harness its earth. You know, like, <laughs> shit like that, Right, you know? right. And then I remember when I clicked on it, I just, like, clicked to the middle of the video just to see where we were at with all of this. And the first thing that came up was, like, this raging black hole getting bigger and bigger. Oh, my lord. And they had a little year thing at the bottom, and it was, it said, like, one billion, trillion, trillion, trillion years from 2019. Wow. Wow. And that's a long time to cover in half an hour. Yes. And let me tell you, dude, my mind was just blown away from this thing. Um, So I would imagine absolute chaos ends up happening, right? I mean, I mean, yes, definitely. I'm like, you know, like less happens, but the things that are happening are like on a much larger scale, right? Okay. I got you. So, so walk us through it a little bit. What so, happens? So one thing that I feel like a lot of astronomers and astrophysicists, what they start with and they end with, you know, they're always talking about the Big Bang. And then right. they basically just end with, at some point, all the stars are going to die, right? Yeah. And, that, and that's usually the last bit you get, right? You're just yeah, it just goes black. The stars are going to die, it goes black, right? Yeah. So when this video got to this particular part, which was like five minutes in, by the way. Oh, we weren't even close. We are halfway done. Well, and they even made mention in there, they were like, when all the stars die, that's like, we're just like exiting the womb. Like, that's (laughs) like, that's like such a small beginning part of the universe. Well, what else could happen? It's all black once the stars are dead. There's no more light. Well, so one thing is when, so when stars die, well, there might be light. They turn uh, kind of sort of like energy. somewhat in like explosions. I can't remember yeah. all the details, but there, there are little pockets of light everywhere. But, um, one of the first things it was talking about is when the stars die, they actually turn to these things called black dwarfs, okay. which which is literally just when this when that star when uh 
when that well at that point it's actually a dwarf because the sun uh dies becomes either like a white or a red dwarf so it's not burning anymore it's not burning anymore it burns up all its energy it burns up all its gas so yeah it just becomes this like floating ball of carbon of hardened carbon oh wow and so but it takes so long for a star to get to this point Uh that they don't think there's any stars in our current universe that's like a black dwarf. Oh, we haven't even gone long enough yet yeah. to have one exist yet. Exactly. And we've been going a long fucking time. Exactly. Wow. So, wow. That's insane. And then once you have that, so now you have, so so space is just black at this point. Space is just dark. You know, there's, there's no right. light anywhere except for maybe some of the light that's still being sucked in by black holes sporadically around the universe. But... So Gotta you, love those guys. yeah, well, so then what ends up happening is basically over time you have these black dwarfs that are floating around, and there might be little pockets of light if these black dwarfs happen to collide with each other. But for the most part, all that ends up happening is they just end up getting sucked into black holes eventually. And we have a name for these eras. So at one point, when all the black dwarfs are gone, it's called the black hole era. And literally the universe what? is just nothing but black holes and black holes colliding with each other and interacting with White each era. other. The Snow White era. Yeah, because there's a bunch of black dwarves. Uh, 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 did it see what you did there? Yeah, you like that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. you get to the so you get to this black hole era, and at this point there's no light to even suck up anymore. So it's just these black holes running around bending space time and interacting with each other. And and remember, at this point, the timeline's like one trillion, 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 trillion years in the future. We're super duper long gone. We're super long. It's not gone. even planets and shit anymore. It's just black holes floating just, around. Just black holes floating around. So it's soaked up all of the information. All of the information. So yes. you at, you could almost argue that at that point, there's no reality. Because well, it sucked up all, all of the information. Well, there's reality. It's just bending reality because that's all the black holes do. They're just constantly bending space and time. But the, the the interesting thing is, I, so I've always had this theory that at some point, I mean, this theory could still hold to be true, uh-huh. but that at some point all the black holes basically collide with each other. You create this supermassive black hole that sucks in everything, and then once it has all the information, it bursts back out, right? And you have a big right. bang, right? So... Well, this kind of like didn't even like touch on that theory. They were just saying it so that that, something like that doesn't happen. Well, then eventually black holes will also die out. Like black holes do have an end date. Oh, they do? Yeah, they they do. Now, as far as what happens when the black holes die, all they said in the video was like basically they like disintegrate. Like they're just no more. They get smaller and smaller and smaller until they're just nothing. I don't know if I believe in that, but I don't know either if I agree with that. And then basically after that, they were saying, oh, and then this, you know, after that was total speculation of like, you know, that's when they start getting into things like with uh, string theory Uh, and like what could possibly exist. up to 100 trillion, trillion, trillion years, it's it's solid. But then... A hundred trillion, 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 and one. Ah, we're speculating now. We're speculating. We don't know. Yes, after exactly. That point. But what what blew my mind about it the most was just how young our universe is, even after the last star dies. 
Yeah. The fact that it continues on for that long. And it, because it wasn't just like, oh, you have a trillion years of light and then a trillion years of darkness and that's it. It was, you have a trillion years of light and then just trillion to, you know, 100 billion, you know, uh, times 100 billion of universe still left to exist in general. It's just rocking and rolling. It's, it's insane. That shit dude. just blows my mind, dude. Anytime I think about that kind of stuff. But super interesting video. So how long did people make it into the video? Um, they they didn't go into like people and civilization at all. They literally just start from twenty nineteen. They're just like, So here's what's happening in the universe from twenty nineteen on. We probably made it so. like fourteen seconds. Yeah, We're probably done after that. If that. If, I know they went into a little bit, like at the beginning of like before they went to like the stars dying, they were talking about like oh our star dying. So they were talking about the time when our sun will expand before it dies and it will engulf us and Mars and some of the other inner oh, rocky planets. Yeah, fun, fun. Ooh, excuse me, fun shit. But, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean it was it was a blip. It was a blip on the radar. You know what I mean? So there's wow. there's so much more to exist dude and then it just makes you wonder more like well what does it all mean if we're if we're this small little fucking blip of the entire lifespan of the universe regardless yeah, of how advanced we get you know what's really interesting is they've also done math they again gotta uh, love they yeah but scientists have done some math mm-hmm. and i've read about it and it's actually possible that people can populate the galaxy mm. like not just our solar system but the right. fucking Mi- the milky way the galaxy mm-hmm. so even if there was like our sun that engulfed this whole solar system mm-hmm. um theoretically it is possible for humans mankind to keep going yeah like true. mathematically there's enough time in our life and blah blah, blah all the variables put together that mm-hmm. we could we could populate the galaxy I wonder where we would get energy from, though, if we didn't have any light. Or I mean, I'm at this point, I'm sure we we have found other ways. Well, I think every solar system energy. has a sun. Well, I'm talking about though beyond a point where all the stars are dead. Do you think oh. like, humans could exist beyond that point? Nah. No. Nah. You gotta have light. <laughs> nah. Because I was thinking maybe not on a planet. <laughs> But if you had a there, – there was a really bad sci-fi movie that came out, but they had an interesting <laughs> concept in there. And the movie was called Valerian. And I uh, put on blast or anything. <laughs> I think Vince and I already did in a previous <laughs> podcast. We talked a lot of it. shit about that movie. <laughs> but uh, but the, the concept of it was really interesting where there was basically this – this giant floating civilization that a bunch of different species of alien all kind of cohabited. Like a huge ship or something? Like the size of a planet almost? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Misshapen and everything, but just floating through space. Okay. And people live on this. There's different areas. Yeah, exactly. And so like, I thought like maybe something like that could happen. But again, it would just depend on where the civilization's getting its energy from. You know, you can't get your energy from light at that point. If we maybe find a way to harness energy from like dark matter or dark energy or something that we know is already surround, maybe life could continue on from there. Or fuck, if we figure out fusion and figure out how to just create a fucking star, well, then you don't even have to worry about stars dying well i was actually thinking about this the other night this is interesting because you're, you're talking about how do we keep energy going right mm-hmm. well <clears throat> i think that you could have perpetual energy 
in space. Yeah, you're talking about that. I, I think that it's possible through centrifugal force uh-huh. in space of two objects orbiting each other to have more energy created than is expelled by the objects moving, right. which would be perpetual motion. Mm-hmm. You can't do that on Earth. Um, it's not possible. But we've been watching these videos of this... Uh, <laughs> Universe Sandbox? Uh, yeah, Universe Sandbox <laughs> 2 is what they call it. And basically, it's the whole universe, and you can set things up and just plop down planets and stars, whatever you fucking want to do. Right? But it's scientifically accurate with how they it's all interact super with duper each other. Accurate. Yeah. It's, it's not really a game. It's a simulator. Yes. Like, it's science. Um, but he, the guy who we watch who plays it, he does things where he will have an object, like, move forever mm-hmm. and constantly speed up through space by and he does it by orbiting another object right so i think that for motion we'll end up using something like that mm-hmm. in the future um i don't even think it'll be a matter of burning any kind of fuel right. i think burning fuel will be like caveman technology oh yeah beyond caveman yeah, i don't technology. think that you'll even have to like mine something and then burn it mm-hmm. i think we'll just use the forces of nature to move yeah and centrifugal force mm-hmm. not centrifugal force um Perpetual, uh, perpetual motion. motion. Uh-huh. There is one example of it in existence in reality, and that's light. Uh, yeah. Light makes its own energy, mm-hmm. and it never slows down. Right. It always moves the same speed constantly until it hits something. Yeah. Um, so that is an example of nature performing perpetual motion. Yeah. So it is not. It's not totally just a theory. It mm-hmm. actually happens. We just have to figure out how to mimic it. What an interesting existence that would be, though. Like, imagine there's there's no more stars. There's, you know, everything's black dwarfs or, or already sucked up by black dwarfs, right? Or by, excuse me, by black holes. So there's literally nothing. And there's just these little, like... These these little giant satellite-esque things floating around that just have different kinds of human civilizations on. It's almost like those are the new planets, right? So it's like all of a sudden people would like... Yeah, you can make artificial... Yeah, like artificial planets. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. like like Death Stars. It would just be Death Stars everywhere. I was going to say you know? they would end up being <laughs> spheres. Yeah, but they would just travel through space. So you would just have to find ways to make sure... Or I wonder if they'd make them travel through space or if they would find like a black hole to orbit. Because you can orbit a black hole as long as you're far away from it. Um. Well, I don't... If there's I mean, I no stars be no left, reason. you mean when there's no stars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking like... Yeah, I guess you would orbit a black in hole. The future, yeah. Why not? Um, I think it would start to get kind of weird with electronics and stuff. You'd probably want to be well, away from black holes. Well, I know if you're... I No, because I, I know if you're far away enough, you're not going to have an issue. So, like, for example, if... I think- Oh, go, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, if you switched this, like, our sun, if you took away our sun and put mm-hmm. a black hole there with the same mass as our sun, mm-hmm. we wouldn't get, like, sucked up into it or anything. Our orbits would actually all stay the same. I mean, human life would die because we'd would get freeze. super cold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but as far as being able to, like, without any, like, issue happening, you know, electronic-wise or, like, space-time being bent around you or whatnot, as long as you're far enough away from that black hole, you should be fine. What if, I mean, if we figure out how to live on as a species long enough mm-hmm. to the point that stars start dying out, yeah, and it becomes an actual issue for survival of our species, right? right. That we need a star, because really you need it for heat and for light. Yes, 
I mean, by that time, it's not totally unplausible, if we've already made it this far, that we could create our own stars. That's what I was saying earlier, yeah. I mean, all you have to do, really, to create a star Mm -hmm. is throw enough objects, enough mass, into each other (laughs) at really high speeds. Yeah. It's not too high, because then they'll tunnel through each other. Mm -hmm. you got to have it slow enough that they collide and create heat, and then enough mass and heat will just kind of engulf into a star well, at that point like if you throw though, enough jupiters together it'll make a star right. eventually true well at that point though especially because there would be you know you're talking about if there's no more stars so you're talking about a bunch of random dark planets you know yeah. running around without any orbit or whatnot so so you would either have to find a way to gather a bunch of these dark planets or black dwarfs and get them to collide with each other in a singular place to create this massive, this thing with enough mass to create a star, which would take a lot of fucking mass. Or Yeah, it's pretty much impossible. You're never going to create a real star. Exactly. It'd have to be an artificial star. Exactly. So then you would have to find a way to do that. Because at this point, if there's nothing else left, well, you're kind of running out of options of things to put all together at once, you know, to create mass. You'd be better off having like a giant nuclear fusion machine and that's what i would think or finding a way to be able to manipulate like dark or dark energy or dark matter if you could like if you could control those things and get those things to condense down into one spot to create a star i mean that could possibly be possible but dark matter and, and dark energy are all just theories still it's literally something we can't see. We could just watch how it behaves, and we're not even sure it's behaving the way we think it yeah, is. Yeah, but we're assuming <laughs> that we're living on as a species through multiple galaxies. So yeah. there's literally, there would be trillions or hundreds of trillions of humans mm-hmm. alive all at the same time right. across multiple galaxies, living for hundreds of billions of years. Mm-hmm. Okay, over. So the science is going to be out of this fucking world by yes. then. We're going to understand all It's like at that point, shit. it's like we're not even going to have an issue. It's well, there's just... certain things we would have to understand just to get to that point. Yeah. I mean, a human being doesn't live long enough to travel in space. Mm-hmm. Like a human's life, even if you could put yourself to sleep, mm-hmm. by the time you get to where you're going, the people who you were from, the yeah, people no where you're point. From, they're no all you dead by yeah. the time you even get. So even if you're alive, everyone else you know and love is dead. Mm-hmm. So you have to move faster. Mm-hmm. Now, there's limitations by physics of how fast you can move. You can't go faster than light. Mm -hmm. And really, you can't even get close to the speed of light and still exist as a solid being. Right. right? We become (laughs) plasma beings. So that leaves only a few options. Mm -hmm. So we would have to have something like warp drive. Yes. We would have to be able to manipulate dark matter, like you're saying. We'd have to be able to manipulate actual... You'd have to be able to space bend time. space time, yeah. Yes. is what it is. So you have to be able to to delve into fourth dimensional physics and stuff at that point, which I mean is re- really not out of the ordinary for us to be able to possibly, you know, conjure. I don't know if you can ever go up in dimensions, though. I think you can only go down. No, I think you can because I think that's what black holes do. I think black holes bend space time around you to create kind of this but they're fourth not three-dimensional space. Objects. But they're created in a three-dimensional space so yes. that you can experience a fourth-dimensional 
well, a fourth dimensional space. Well, and we only assume that they're fourth dimensional. We don't know that they actually make anything happen. Well, uh, well, kind of, sort of. We, we've been able to do enough just research. Well, I mean, well, that, essentially, that <laughs> is what they are. We just but... don't know where the information goes. <laughs> well, it's this. I was watching this other video on YouTube once that was kind of going into it a little bit because we have been able to gather enough information from black holes to know that because really, if you're able to. We we use these we use these terms in, in different situations, but really they're the same thing. Bending space time right. is is kind of creating this fourth dimensional space within a third dimension. Because if we look at fourth dimension as time, and you're able to bend space time, well, that becomes a you're fourth at dimensional space at that it, point. Right. Yeah, interacting with it exactly. Right, I got you. So we know that when you're falling into a black hole, it's basically if you're going to take a flat blanket and then constantly just pull down the middle of that blanket to you know infinity that's really what you're getting from a black hole so you're interacting with a fourth dimensional space but even a black hole is an infinity there is a there's a bottom of a black hole oh well that we do not know we don't know we don't know because there's a little grain of sand in there well that's that's what's creating all the all the mass well yeah so that's the assumption yes that's the assumption true no one's ever been yeah the singularity right right? but yeah somewhere in there there is a little marble but there, there may possibly not also if you look at it in a sense of where you have something that has so much mass where it's able to just pull everything inward even light even light i would argue that that's singularity you have anymore isn't even like a singularity or not not a singularity but nothing tangible yeah it's nothing tangible it's just something is what it is because when you get into things like um i'm trying to think what the word is so, so you don't have anything tangible. Okay, so when you get into things like the Fibonacci sequence, for example, which is mm-hmm. into like sacred geometry, and the whole idea with the Fibonacci sequence isn't isn't the idea of just like exact symmetry, but what it is is it's this, and you guys have seen it before. It looks like a spur, uh, like a swirling spiral, you know. Well, and that's it how just, it manifests itself. That's in how it nature. manifests itself. You'll see it in flowers. You'll see it in snail shells. Mm-hmm. Well, and what the thing with the Fibonacci sequence, though, is it's never ending. It's infinite. So if you're able to follow this and map it, it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller without ever reaching a center. Well, that's the idea with a black hole. It gets smaller and smaller and smaller, but it doesn't actually ever have a center. It's just constantly space being pulled on itself. But in this reality, there's actually a word for it where Mm -hmm. it is the smallest unit of measurement that can be considered to exist in this space-time continuum, according to our physics. Mm -hmm. So like you're you're saying, the whole point you're making, I agree with. It has to be Mm fourth-dimensional because otherwise it wouldn't be able to exist. Right. But that's my point, though. If something like a black hole that can create a fourth-dimensional space can exist within the third dimension, it, it wouldn't be totally out of the ordinary that, you know, an unfathomable amount of time in the future, we're able to be able to manipulate space-time ourselves to create these types of pockets or, you know, wormholes to be able to travel or harness energy maybe in different ways. In a way, because in yeah, a way, black holes are kind I don't of... know about wormholes. To me, wormholes are more sci-fi than warp drive is. Yeah, which is funny because I, I, I think, I almost think wormholes are more tangible than warp drive is. Well, for me, the only problem with wormholes, uh-huh. okay, and 
I, I'm just thinking super elementary mm-hmm. about this because I don't understand a lot of physics and shit. But the basic concept is you're on a plane. So you're on a piece of paper. Uh-huh. You need to get from one end of the piece of paper to the other. So yes. you fold the piece of paper in half. Mm-hmm. And then you can just go right across real quick and you move a huge amount of distance in a short amount of time. Yes. Okay. Cool. I accept that you're on one side of the piece of paper. So I accept that you can move your side of the piece of paper up. That uh-huh. you can fold your side up. But how the fuck are you getting to the other side where you want to be right. s- to interact with that side, to fold that side up towards you? Mm-hmm. That's my only issue with it. Well, I think... I think Does that make sense? That, that does make sense. Okay. But the way I think you're looking at it is you're looking at it as like this flat plane and then that both sides have to get folded up upwards for right. the two ends to meet. That right? is indeed how I'm looking at well, it. Well... Yes. L- Instead, I would look at it as like a plane that's vertical, and the only thing that has to get flipped up is the bottom end up to the top end. So the top end doesn't, so the top part of the paper doesn't move at all, but you have to move the bottom end where you are up to the top. Does that make sense? That does make sense. So at that point, that's not moving, it's just the bottom part that's moving. I completely picture what Uh you're saying in your head, and I hadn't thought of that. Mm -hmm. But to me, that's just traveling. If you're just if you're take it would be like instantaneous traveling. Well, that's you know what that's, I mean. But you're still moving is, the whole though. amount of just. I, I guess I guess that's true. Yeah. It's, but I mean, that's, me, that's why it's called fourth dimension, though, is because you're totally getting rid of that time. You're bending space time, right? The concept of warp drive is mm-hmm. is a little more tangible to me because all you're doing is affecting the space in front of you. Uh huh. So you're you're somehow comp- compressing compressing the space in front of you. Mm-hmm. And simultaneously expanding the space behind you. Right. And by doing that, you're not deleting anything. So you're not getting rid of any information. And you're also not technically moving any faster. Mm. You're just moving a longer period of distance in a shorter amount of time. Right. But you're not actually, your speed is not increasing. Right. So you never end up going faster than the speed of light. Mm -hmm. However, you do move quicker than light does. If that makes any sense, it it doesn't to me because it, it just sounds like you're you're describing a wormhole just in a different way. It's like a small wormhole over and over and over. It's like small bangs of right. wormholes. Boom, 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 boom. And to me, my brain gets that more because you're just compressing what's immediately in front of you. Mm. Like, I don't know. I never thought about the 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 line and then only you have to move towards your point. Right. I always thought both points had to move at the same time, mm. which I was like, how are you moving that other point? It's right. so far away, yeah. you know? So, I mean, usually we end up inventing the things that we think of. Yeah. So do you think we'll ever actually get to that point? I think we'll invent well, something like I th- that. I think we will simply because it's, when when we are able to see that something already exists, that something can already exist in nature, the, the one thing we always try to do is is recreate that thing that happens in nature. Um, I remember what, this was years ago, but uh, what's interesting about that, though, is there are some things that we're just not able to recreate for whatever reason. Uh, one interesting thing I saw in this documentary years ago, and it was just a nature documentary and all it was talking about was there's this tree that like, in order for it to, you know, repopulate itself, you know, its seeds fall off and everything, but the seeds on it have these little like 
two leaves at the very top. So they make them turn like a helicopter as they're all, you know, starting to slowly go down and everything. But they do in a very specific way. That's just very, I don't know how to describe it, but, but it caught the attention of a lot of like aerospace like engineers okay. and stuff like that right, right gotcha. but for whatever reason they're not able to recreate the movement that this thing created oh, in nature it's kind of like hummingbirds um, yeah hummingbirds gonna hummingbirds. be my next we can't example. actually recreate with a machine how their wings move exactly their wings are like phenomenal dude so for all we know something like you know, even though black hole, we know black holes can exist and bend space time and things, those might be things that we just, for whatever reason, just will never be able to recreate. I mean, it could just be something as simple as just not understanding the science. Maybe we just are missing something in the hummingbird science, you well, know? Well, and you know, also, but, I don't think that we're limited <laughs> to the tools that we have right now. Right. So I still think that there's going to be advances in technology mm-hmm. that make us look like we're in the dark age right now. Yes. Definitely. So like how there was electricity mm-hmm. that was invented and then like humankind, no matter where you lived on the planet, your life was affected yeah. by the discovery of electricity. Cause it's not an invention. You didn't create something. You discovered something that was already there. Right. I think there's still lots of discoveries to be made yeah. that are going to be like the internal combustion engine, yeah. you know, something that <laughs> propels human beings forward so much that mm-hmm. there's no going back. Yeah. I think that if we ever get to a point where we need to make stars, we'll have had that happen many, many, many times. Oh yeah. We'll be a completely different species by that. It's yeah. It's going to be one. Well, that's one thing too. When you think about those kind of things is, is we're, <laughs> we're not even going to be like what we are now. You know, we're going to look back at how humans looked and behaved now and just be like <clears throat> peasants. You know? Oh yeah. Dude, there's a thing you can look it up online, but there's, um, there's a thing called like a manpower unit. Mm-hmm. So you know how they have like horsepower? Yeah. Well, they have manpower. Mm-hmm. And I they relate it. It's something along the lines of a caveman. Okay. So a human being like butt naked in the forest with no technology, just what you can do with your body in nature is one man unit. Okay. Okay. So people in the beginning had one man unit and they right. had to team up to get multiple units and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, like today in comparison, one human being with the technology that one person is capable of having is like 20,000 man units. Ooh. Like one person could wipe out whole fucking civilizations of cavemen by themselves yeah. if we could use the technology we have in our house. That's true. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we've come that far. Mm-hmm. So give it, and that's only been, let's say 10,000 years just yeah. to be ridiculous. I don't uh-huh. even think it's been that long. So give it 100,000 more years which is not that ridiculous. We'll still be around. Right. Dude, we'll be at a million manpower units oh, for every yeah. human. Oh, You know yeah. what I mean? Well, we're going to be an interplanetary species easily by then, possibly intergalaxy species, you know. We'll be interplanetary possibly in, in years and mine's lifetime. Yeah. You'll I, probably see it. Because once we get a colony somewhere else, we're technically interplanetary. Yeah, I think I think it'll definitely happen in our lifetime. I think we hope it'll happen, you know, when we're, you know, a, a little younger and maybe our 30s. But I think it's going to be one of those we're going to be old men by the time we finally get a fucking grasp on what's going yes. down. <laughs> they'll get there. I, I mean, they'll go to Mars. Yes. I think they'll, they'll have a person walk on Mars while we're still young men, mm-hmm. you know, in the next 10, 10 years, 15 yeah. years, whatever. Um, but actually having like a colony, it could take 30, 50, 60 years after someone walks on it. Yeah. I mean, look at the moon. Mm -hmm. 
that we know of, there's no moon colonies right. or moon bases. <laughs> uh, that we know of. Yes. I would be a little shocked if in reality there's not. But mm-hmm. And people walked on the moon, what, 40, 50 years ago? I think that's what we should be focusing. I mean, I think we've talked about this before, but I think that's what we should be focusing on. I mean, we're so, we're so, yeah. I think the issue with the moon is there's nothing there. There's no minerals. There's no resources. Yeah, there's no gas. I mean, I guess. It's just a but... rock. I mean, but but in not saying that it, it has to or can be colonized in the same way that you would colonize Mars. But if we want to go the steps of colonizing Mars, you know, it, to me, it would make sense to have this base on the moon to where like m- maybe the base on the moon just solely acts as you know, no, nowhere near halfway, but just as another base of like, okay, we're going to set, you know, we're going to, you guys are going to go to Mars today. We're going to send you off. You're going to, you're going to stay on the moon for a few months until Mars is in the right position. We're going to make sure we refuel you, do whatever it is we need. And then we're going to launch you from the moon over to Mars. Right. You know, like to me, that makes more sense, but maybe that's just something that has to come with after we colonize Mars. Yeah, everywhere you go along the way, like, to to get the funding to mm-hmm. go to a celestial body uh-huh. to start building on it, that takes money. And you're only going to get investors if they plan on getting some kind of return out of what they're putting into it. Right. So the same way that the colonies were created here on Earth with mm-hmm. the different continents, they didn't just go willy-nilly all over the place. The Spanish and the European, they went to Mexico and right. Central America. And they didn't go there to make the lives of the indigenous people better. Mm-hmm. They went there to get fucking gold. Right. You know, that's what they, they put their money and their effort into building ships. Right. And then building colonies because they thought they were going to get gold out of it. <laughs> yeah. Then they didn't get as much gold as they thought. And they ended up growing stuff and whatever. It became a civilization. Right. So... I think the first things you're going to see is you're going to see Mars uh-huh. because that is a status symbol. You know what I mean? The first country to get to Mars, it just kind of kicks ass. But really what you're going to see a lot of is space tourism, mm-hmm. is um, flying around within our orbit, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to see a lot of mining endeavors, I think, on like asteroids yes. and, and rocks out in space. Mm-hmm. And those mining endeavors for the for the resources are what's going to create the technology that will get us into colonization efforts, mm, is what that. I personally think. No, I, I agree with you. Um, I think one thing that would further and more, too, is if we discovered, you know, minerals on Mars, that would be very... I don't know what kind of minerals they believe are on Mars right now, but... If we discover, like, if all of a sudden we go to Mars, you know, we're, you know, we're like, oh, let's go. There's this mountain over here. Let's go hike it up, hike up it and see, you know, what's over there. And all of a sudden we find this valley of just fucking gold, right? Just like thousands of upon thousands of pounds of gold. What if it's gold. a totally new resource that we don't, we have zero of on Earth? Ooh, that would like be Like a new kind huh? of, think of when they invented gunpowder, mm-hmm. you know? It was something that one day people didn't have. Right. The next day they had it and life was different. Mm-hmm. So imagine if we find a powder or something edible or something that propels us into a whole new world of science. Oof. 
I think you, that, you can only get it by going to Mars. I think that's what the movie Avatar was about. Was it? <laughs> yeah, I think the whole thing was they wanted the blue to get people? rid. Of, yeah, yeah, they wanted to get rid of the blue people because there was some new mineral that they never discovered. Yeah, there was a lot of metaphors in that. A lot movie. of metaphors. It was oh, yeah. Pocahontas and Ferngully had a baby. That's what that was. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> yeah, for like four and a half hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, hair sex, whatever. Um... <laughs> but yeah, man, space is cool. Uh, it's making a comeback. Yes, it was. By it far. was cool in our parents' day. It kind of died out for a while, which I'm so happy about because I I love the space stuff and things like that. And what's really cool and what I really appreciate about space, and you could really use this argument for technology in general, um, is that like things like movies, when stuff like space gets popular, you have these movies and stuff that come out, and they. You know, some of them are outlanders. Some of them are just, you know, your your typical outlanders sci-fi movies. Right. But then you have ones that, you know, the they'll have the the astrophysicists on set at all times as, oh, yeah. you know, a consultant like the and things. Yeah, The Martian's perfect example of that. One. And what's really a actor, what's, <laughs> if you guys want to know more about that, listen to our past podcast. <laughs> but uh, we have a lot of opinions about Matt Damon. God, I'm going to well, meet I him do. one day and he's going to be like, so I listened to your podcast. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I'll be afraid to even go shake his hand. I'm like, he doesn't like me. I know he doesn't like me. Like, I've said so much shit about you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, what's cool about these movies is they come out and it's not so much the Martian because the Martian was very much planted in like the now, like what we have currently. It wasn't a, yes. so much about new technology. Right, right. But like some of the sci-fi movies that come out where directors and filmmakers want to explore what we could possibly on a you know a very you know valid level like with the kind of technology that we'll have in the future yeah like the, star trek did and it's yeah exactly yeah. you know those are the things that are all of a sudden watched and they're like i feel like we can make that happen dude star trek invented all kinds of shit that we used yeah didn't they have a whole documentary series about literally that? yeah there's like a lot mm-hmm. like they invented the smartphone they yeah. invented I, that's an easy one but yeah no, there's like multiple different devices that we mm-hmm. use commonly today that were totally invented by Star Trek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They well, didn't exist before that. One one uh, example of that, too, that I found super interesting was in the movie Interstellar, the, the, when they made the black hole in That's the movie That's the one with Sandy B? No, you can always mix those up. It's one of the McConaughey. Oh, okay. It's McConaughey. Okay. Gotcha. So gotcha. So there's this, so they, uh, same, same thing. They had a astrophysicist on set at all times as a consultant. His name was Kip Thorne. Uh, he's done the consulting for a lot of That's one where he goes into the black hole at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the black hole itself, though, the way that, the way that the black hole actually looked, that was, you know, because remember, at this point, we didn't have a picture of a black hole. This was just... We the, do now. We do We have now. a legit picture well, of one. That, that's the point I'm getting at. Oh. So the general consensus amongst astrophysicists is that if you were able to see a black hole up close, this is what it would look like. You know, right. And for those who haven't seen the movie, it's literally that. It's a black hole, and it looks like there's a, a series of, like, rings of light surrounding it, right? As it's slowly That's really cool. It would be an invisible hole. spot with a bunch of light around yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because black holes are actually invisible. Yes. There's no light coming out of them. So what's interesting about that is is all of a sudden we get this picture of a black hole, Uh and it it looks exactly how all the astrophysicists were like, we're pretty sure it looks like this. And all of a sudden we get this picture back. We're like, yep, there it it is. That's what it looks like. Phenomenal picture. (laughs) If you guys have not seen that, Google it right now. Put this on pause. 
Google the black hole picture. It's phenomenal. So cool. Well, and what's really cool about that picture is everything the the picture that was floating around and the first one that you guys will probably see when you search it is literally that. You're you're just going to see the small black hole with you know a little bit of light surrounding it, right? Yeah, it's not like a close up, guys. It's not right. I mean, it it's looks very we'll pixely get, and rudimentary, but, but it's phenomenal. It's a fucking black hole. But what's really cool is so that was the first picture I saw also. And then I saw this other article that was like, here's the picture that's floating around. And then they go, let me show you the full picture. Oh, shit. So, so then they back up. And to, so they show you like where the little box was that of the picture that's floating around and they back up and there's just all of it. It looks like somebody like spilled coffee, right? Uh-huh. It looks like just blotches of light just around kind of going down to the right of this black hole. And what they were explaining was this is literally light, light years away from the black hole traveling to the black hole to be sucked into its gravity because this was a picture of a super massive black hole that we got. So the little picture that's floating around of the actual black hole and all its glory is like such a small part of the picture. The big picture was all the light surrounding it that is getting sucked into it. That's fucking crazy. It's crazy to look at. And this was a super massive black hole. This wasn't like a black hole the size of our sun. No, it's like what's in the middle of the Milky Way. Yeah, exactly. Those are in the middle of galaxies. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And just, oh my gosh, Yeah, so Earth is in a solar system. Mm -hmm. And then there's a shit ton of solar systems inside of a galaxy. Yes. And then the galaxy is just a bunch of solar systems orbiting a black hole. Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> damn. I, damn is right, dude. Crazy shit. Space is fucking crazy. Black holes are crazy. Black holes are crazy because the only thing you can see is the effect of it. You'll never get to see the actual object. Yes. You can only see how it interacts with the stuff around it. Exactly. Because so, the whole point of seeing is you take light into your eyes. So <laughs> if there's no light escaping, you can't see it. It just gets sucked in, man. But, well, and that's what's cool, too. So, like, if you were to look at a black hole, assuming you were able to to get anywhere close to a black hole that didn't have light surrounding it, right, you would still be able to make out where it was because it would be bending the space-time around it, right? Yeah, but if you, like, straight in the middle of it, it would be invisible. Oh, no, no, straight in the middle, yeah. It'd be invisible. It's it's the black of black. (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't even be dark. It would be invisible. All you would see is the distortion of whatever's in front of it, the light in front of it being distorted. Yes. So you would probably be able to tell that distortion. Let's assume there's one that's like 12 feet wide. Uh You know what I mean? So you can see the whole thing in your vision, Uh standing away from it a little bit. You would be able to see the distortion and know it's there, Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't, I don't even know if it would look round. Like you, there would be absolutely would, no telling of when you're getting close to it. It would, or... it would, it would definitely look around. There's, there's definitely that's what like the event horizon is. It's basically the border of a black okay. hole because even if there's not light, you would still be able to see like the the time bent around it. So right. like assuming there was some kind of light source from somewhere, you know, if there's no light source from anywhere, you're not going to see it. But most black holes are sucking in light. So that's why we're able to see that it's clearly, you know, a spherical object, but it's just a spherical object that's constantly getting sucked into itself. So because we've been able to see uh, wow. pictures and stuff from like, 
I guess saying the side of a black hole is kind of redundant, but like we know that black holes well, it's spit a bl- it's off a black energy. Sphere. Yeah, it's a black sphere. So we know that black holes spit like energy out from both ends too. So yes, we know that burp. happens. Burp yeah, yeah, the burp. Because yeah. <laughs> I know before we actually had the picture of the black hole, we had a small little video that it wasn't even a video. It's like a GIF, right? And it was literally the only reason why we knew it was a black hole was because we just happened to get this little video clip when it happened to be spewing out this energy. Oh, shit. And it literally looks like just blackness. And all of a sudden, there's just this little, like, fart yeah. that comes out of the left end, right? Really yeah. quick. And it's funny. You watch it. And you're like, oh, that's, you know whatever it's just something small and they're like but you don't understand it's like that little fart that you saw was like millions of light years of yeah. this shit just, in like a second yeah just like just that. crazy shit dude but oh my gosh man but black holes i i don't know if we'll ever reach a point where we have the technology to travel or send objects inside of a black hole at least well, nothing no. that can send information back You'd have to move faster than the speed of light. Yeah. Which, according to physics, is impossible. Correct. Well, mm, yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's impossible to move faster than the speed of light. Well, we know... Well, the reason why I I hesitate is because, yes, there's there's no piece of matter, per se, that can move faster than the speed of light. Well, it wouldn't be observable, at least. Right. It would technically be impossible to observe any matter that went faster. But technically our universe expands. Well, technically our universe expands faster than the speed of light. That is true, because Mm -hmm. you can't see the edge of the universe. Right. Because it takes too long for the... It takes long. It goes away from you faster. Right. Than so like never reach you. it. Yeah. Exactly. There is a breaking point. That's the observable universe. <clears throat> yes. Exactly. So I mean, but that just comes back to the only way we'd be able to do it is if we could manipulate dark matter and dark energy. <laughs> which, who knows? A billion, trillion, 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 trillion years from now, who knows what the fuck we can well, do? And who but... knows that the laws of physics aren't going to get rewritten along yeah, the way? That's true. I never even thought about that. As we move along in time, there we're starting to find a couple of instances in reality mm-hmm. in space of things that do kind of break physics. That's right. why now we have this whole new thing called quantum physics. Yes. You know, we're like, okay, well, if it doesn't fall into regular physics, it's cause it's, it's quantum physics. Now. What's so funny, which um, just means physics is wrong. Yes. <laughs> it's all like, that it's quantum and metaphysics. Well, it's what's really funny to me about quantum physics is I remember when I, when I was super young back in like grade school and I would see whatever space documentary with my dad was on. Right. And we'd be watching, it and you'd have somebody who would come on and they're talking about quantum physics and you would ask you know and i'd ask my dad what quantum physics is and he, you know in so many words he basically just tell me what's well, bullshit you know it's basically well, just I mean yeah just well at the time it, it definitely right. was it was something laughable yes, you know yes, yeah. but now we're at a point to where you know over over the past 20 years there's been more and more things that quantum physicists have theorized that we're now proving to be true in, oh, yeah. in regular physics. So now it's it, it's funny living in this age where something that was laughable, a piece of science that was laughable, is now like, oh yeah, that's just a thing. If you're a thing, if you're yeah. a physicist, you have to study quantum physics because it's a part of it now. <laughs> stuff acts differently at that level. Yeah. When you get stuff small enough, it acts differently. Or big enough, yeah. I was going to say I assume big enough too. Mm-hmm. It's, 
it's interesting to me. Life is just a system over and over and over. Yes. From anything as small as a cell up to as big as a galaxy. It it's, like looks and runs the same way. It's dude. cogs and gears working on an infinite level. It's, it's just crazy. All the levels are exactly the same. They yeah. just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then even on the, the highest level that you can get, well, as, assumingly it just loops around to the beginning again. You know, it, that's that's infinite. So a quick side note I wanted to say earlier too, and I forgot. Um, when you were talking about the fourth dimensions uh-huh. and experiencing the fourth dimension in this one, mm-hmm. um, there is one way that I've thought of that you can fully experience the fourth dimension while okay. still totally being a third dimensional being. Okay. I've thought about this and I think it's pretty solid. Okay, and you might pick it apart real quickly here, and that's okay, okay if you do. Video games. Okay. So when you play a video game, you are essentially a fourth dimensional being. You're experiencing mm-hmm. a fourth dimension. You can go backwards and forward through time. You can save the game and go back to save points, which means you can literally have multiple realities of the same story happening at the same time, mm-hmm. you can save them all and you can play on all those different multiple realities of the same story. Mm-hmm. If you die, you come back. You get multiple lives. It, you can use cheat codes. You can give yourself, you can put yourself anywhere you want at any time. It's, I, it's I, the closest you're going to get to being a fourth dimensional being so for a minute. I, so, so I agree. I, I think that – I think you just used the wrong word. I think that's a great representation of like what a fourth dimension would be, right? Because yeah. that, that's what it is. You have a – and I would actually go farther in being able to use a video game to explain what the fifth dimension would be like. Oh, I don't even know So, that. So you, you'll follow me pretty quickly on okay. it. So let, let's go back to the fourth dimensional thing, right? Uh-huh. So you have a – let's use the game Last of Us as an example because sure. Last of Us is a good, solid, linear story line right uh-huh. regardless of where you start in the game so you have the, the game the last of us and you get so far and yeah you're able to save it you die or something so you're able to go back change something you did but it's all still happening on this very linear storyline so no matter how many times you go back you might be able to change little things you might be able to change when you die but the ending result is always the same right so a fifth dimension would be like playing a game like Heavy Rain or Detroit Become Human, Uh where you're able to save, you're able to go back, but you can go back and change things to go off on a very different timeline. Okay. So that would be kind of like the representation of what a fifth dimension would be. And then at the end, there's a lot of different ways that it could end, but you're still on that kind of timeline. So now the argument with going beyond to like a sixth dimension would be if you look at the fifth dimension and you look at, let's look at one of the characters, for example, in Detroit Become Human. One of the characters' name is Marcus, and he's this android that's uh, leading the revolution for the androids, right? Right. So no matter how many times you go back and play that game as Marcus, you might be able to change Marcus's story and Marcus's ending, but you're not changing the core of what Marcus is, and that is an android leading the revolution. Regardless right. of what storyline you get, it's still the storyline of Marcus leading a revolution. Okay. Whereas the sixth dimension it now gets into this space of being able to go back and say, okay, well, Marcus is now going to be a, you know, a chef for the rest of his life. And now he's going to go down this road and visit those paths that you could do. So The Sims would be more of a sixth dimension. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, at a at a basic level, Sims gets a little more complicated. I think than that, but yeah, essentially, Dude, I sure. think you could find loose ways to relate it all the way up to pretty much all the dimensions. Because the tenth dimension, so, sure. the largest dimension, <clears throat> is creation. Right, mm-hmm. it's the creator. It would essentially be God mm-hmm. to most people, and you you really are that in a video game. If you're a programmer. You're a cre- you're the creator. Mm-hmm. You you make an entire reality whatever you want it to be. Well, I w- you can I w- change it and manipulate it at a moment's mm-hmm. notice. I would say I would say tenth dimension. If if we're using this video game analogy and moving it all the way up to like the tenth I, dimension, I think you'd be able to. I, I think the tenth dimension would just be the PlayStation Four. With like just taking the PS Four as an example, is taking the PlayStation Four and every game that could exist on the PlayStation Four is on that particular PlayStation station you can go and play every single one in every single different way that well, you want i think it would it wouldn't even be playing all the different games it would be the person making the games actually being like mm, programming true is is that would be the highest dimension yeah because you are creating the reality that other mm-hmm. realities play but then that's that's the cool thing about using these like metaphors and analogies too and that's kind of what sacred geometry plays on right and that's what the fibonacci sequence plays on is that everything on the highest level works the same same way at the lowest level and vice versa and that's why we're able to make these these comparisons between dimensions and video games because it it works on a video game level but it also works on a reality level too and then it works on something beyond reality also and it just goes up in avatars we're all just avatars of a game that aliens are playing that's a theory and when we go to sleep it's because the aliens are are saving their game and going to go do their thing it's a theory man it's a fucking theory. And we don't even know we're doing it. Yeah. We just know all of a sudden we get tired, we go to sleep, we turn off. And it's those those days you have where you're like, gosh, I, I've been up for like 10 hours. I'm not even tired. Like, I wonder, what, or, you're, or I've been up 10 hours. I've been up for, you know, like 20 hours. I'm not even tired. What's going Maybe on? we're just avatars. It's like, yeah, just binge playing, yeah. Because Mario, <laughs> I mean, Mario would have absolutely no idea that he's a fake character. True. Let's assume Mario's alive and mm-hmm. is a real thing. Like, he would have no idea. Right. He would just know that every day he wakes up in the Mushroom Kingdom and he's just compelled to go save the princess for sure. whatever reason. That's just his, that's what he really wants to do in life. Uh-huh. He would have absolutely no clue that something else is making him do that. What kind of what that'd be kind of a very disappointing life though. To, I don't think he would even know and ignorance and is all bliss. Of a sudden, yeah, ignorance, ignorance is, bliss. is bliss. He would have no he would think that he's totally happy mm-hmm. and that it's his choice to go save the princess. Uh but I mean, like, just speaking on the, like, sense of, like, if you died and then all of a sudden you found out, like, like, that's what it was. Like, 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 hi, I'm, I'm Bjork Zork. I was, uh, I was playing <laughs> as you, you know, like, it's, it's a pleasure to finally meet Kibble. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> Had a great time. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, that's funny. I don't think we are, but we could be. No, it, it's so funny on this, uh, just as a last note here on this podcast, I, between like you and Vince and Kyle and I think even Thomas a little bit, I've talked about dimension stuff so much. <laughs> Hopefully everybody has a real good understanding it's, about it's dimensions. The, it's the Hardly Dimension. Podcast. The Hardly Dimension podcast. Yes. We'll we'll have to start just a side podcast that's just okay, we're gonna talk about the the seventh dimension today. <laughs> Dude, they're not that terribly complicated once you start to break them down. That's true. They're really, really not. If you start in the beginning 
and you just add a little bit at a time Mm -hmm. and someone pictures help a lot. Yeah. Well, and just as we were doing with relating it back to video games, you know, stuff like that really helps. It's really not incredibly crazy complicated. No, it's just, it's the lasagna of, of reality is all it really is. Exactly. You know, but, and hopefully I, you know, and I understand it perfectly. (laughs) There you go, guys. So, with, <laughs> Not really. There's there's the shit. theories out there that when we die, all we're going to do is simply just experience the same life we are now, but just from a fourth dimensional perspective. So we'll see what happens when we die. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> we'll podcast about it. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a hardly millennial in the fourth dimension somewhere. Fuck yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Had a lot of fun talking about space and dimensions as we usually do. Uh, remember, you can follow us on all the social media platforms. And remember, we do have a Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash hardly millennial. And Matthew, any final thoughts? Make sure to share this, guys, so that it goes out and the aliens pick it up and their antennas. The aliens. And they can hear us talking about them. You yeah. got to share it with your friends, guys. Share it with your friends and comment hashtag black hole if you made it to the end. Made it to the end. Hashtag black hole, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Love you. Goodbye. Bye.